The new fishing year for snapper in Bay of Plenty, Hauraki Gulf in East Northland starts on October the 1st and brings with it changes for both recreational and commercial fishers. This Radio New Zealand Insight programme asks how many snapper there are in this valuable inshore fishery known as Snapper One and will the recently announced changes mean more fish in the longer term. After that. Welcome everyone. Uh, I'm here in Auckland this afternoon to announce my decision uh, on Snapper One. This year, Snapper uh, sparked a heated debate that pitted recreational fishermen against their commercial counterparts, with options on the table including decreasing or increasing the total allowable catch. Even the Prime Minister believed more tongues were wagging about fish than about the government's GCSB bill, as he told journalists at the National Party conference last month. I think they're much more interested in the snapper quota. As, but I'm not talking about the snapper quota, I'm talking about the GCSB bill. How do you think that they feel about the GCSB bill? Yeah, I think they're much more interested in the snapper quota. Why? Because they like catching fish. About a month later and ahead of the new commercial fishing season for Snapper One, a decision was made by the Minister for Primary Industries, Nathan Guy, to decrease the daily bag limit from 9 to 7 and increase the minimum size from 27 to 30 centimetres for recreational fishers. I'm Lorna Perry and this insight looks into how the snapper population is faring and what the new changes are going to mean for the fishery. It's not the first time the fishery has been reviewed. It has a century-long history of trying to get snapper numbers back to where they were before fishing came into the mix. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Thanks. Permission to come aboard. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> no headlights on the boat. And not much moon, so it's still quite dark. Longline fishing out of Tauranga in Bay of Plenty has always been a part of Brian Kitty's life. Uh, me personally have owned the vessel since 1990. Um, my father was fishing prior to me. Uh, he started somewhere in the 60s uh, as a commercial fisher. Uh, that was right at the beginning of when you needed a permit to fish. And then 86 quota became and into play. Perhaps if you could go back to pre-1986, what was the population of snapper like back when your dad was fishing? Pre-86, the, the drop in stock generally happened in the um, late 70s, early 80s. So in the 70s the stock was, was a lot better, but then as the uh, Think Big Era sort of kicked in and, and there was incentives to go start fishing businesses, etc., that impacted on the fish. Brian Kitty says the introduction of a quota management system in 1986 saw snapper numbers start to rebuild. So the introduction of quota was realistically a big cut to catch and then what, where the quotas were set they were reduced down to today um, you know, quite significantly on what they were even set at. So you're really seeing quite a low catch level, um, allowing quite a big rebuild in the stocks, especially in these later years. What are you seeing now? You're seeing quite a strong stock. You're seeing a lot of juvenile fish coming online, which is all good for the future. And you're seeing quite a stable stock across the whole Area 1. Uh, even though science doesn't necessarily show it as being that, a lot of the catch information that's coming out of the commercial industry and even the recreational boat survey industry 
um, is showing the snapper catch as improving quite quite good. Because I guess from what you've seen in terms of the amount of hooks that you need to catch a certain amount of fish, have you seen that that's improved through the years? Yes, certainly. Um, we did some numbers and back in the 80s we were setting up to 40 hooks to land one kilo of fish. Uh, that's just snapper. Um, and today the same equation is coming out as low as nine hooks to catch a kilo of snapper. The confidence in the snapper rebuild is also being noticed further along the coast at Fitiyunga on the Coromandel Peninsula. Hi. Hi, how are you? How are you? Is that John? Yep. G'day, John Lorna Perry. Nice to meet you. Hi, uh, John Elwood here, um, off the Y, charter boat vessel out of Wudianga for the last uh, 25 to 30 years. Back in 1978-79, um, we were catching a lot of harpooka, we weren't catching a lot of snapper. Um, and I looked back in some books this is going back a couple of years now, and we found our average catch for a month of through the busy period was about 1,600 snapper for the month. Now it's getting close to 3,500 a month. Roughly, I would say close to, you know, at least a couple of hundred, sometimes a little bit more some seasons, sometimes a little bit less, but it fluctuates up and down. But there is a standard increase every two years. Of fish. What would you put that down to? Um, I put it down to uh, the quota management system is working. Guys are, are not raping and pillaging anymore. Turn right. I'll tell you why I can't find it. Every time I got you, bless you, John Montgomery is a professor of marine science at the University of Auckland. He says the population in Snapper 1 has fluctuated in the last century. So if we go back to the early 1900s, the, the stock level was something close to what we would imagine was the, the virgin biomass. Um, and then with the establishment of the more industrial type fishing with um, steam trawlers and that, the, the Snapper stocks um, declined quite markedly through the 1900s and there was quite a lot of pressure on the stock also from um, international fleets fishing uh, at that point there was a 12 nautical mile territorial waters and with the development of the 200 nautical mile exclusive economic zone that took some of the pressure off the fishery and the rate of decline decreased and then in the mid 80s there was the establishment of the um, quota management system, um, which again, from the modelling, seemed to have a positive impact on the stocks. They didn't start recovering immediately, but the model projections through until 2011 was that the stocks were rebuilding. John Montgomery says the early indications were a recovery was underway, but that doesn't appear to be the case in the latest assessments. The Ministry for Primary Industries Principal Advisor for Fisheries Science, Pamela Mace, says the modelling shows the rebuild does seem to have slowed down. Since about the mid-80s through to the mid-90s, all three stocks have actually increased quite substantially. In particular, the Hauraki Gulf is estimated to have increased by 68% over the last 20 or so years. The others are, are not quite that high, but 
rebuilding has been happening, and in fact it's less of a sustainability issue now. It's much more a case that the stock just simply isn't at optimal levels. And if it were at optimal levels, the total allowable catch could be set at about 12,000 tonnes compared with the 7,500 tonnes now. But I guess given the modelling that's been done in the last few years, I mean, it appears to have stopped in terms of that rebuild or it's not necessarily rebuilding as best as it could be. It seems to have slowed down. It, it, it seems that... With current catches, there's not going to be any uh, dramatic rebuilding. But, of course, it all depends on what we in the fisheries world call recruitment, which is the number of young fish coming into the population. In July this year, it was announced the Snapper One fishery was being reviewed. It followed the Ministry of Primary Industries having completed a Snapper stock assessment earlier in the year, which found the population overall in Snapper One had rebuilt to 20% of its unfished level, or in other words, the natural state of the stock. Breaking the figures down, snapper stocks had rebuilt to 24% in East Northland and 19% in the combined area of Hauraki Gulf and Bay of Plenty. The Ministry says Bay of Plenty in its own right is not in good shape, with the assessment document putting the area's snapper stocks at 6%. The figures fall well short of the target for the snapper population of between 35 and 40%, which would be the point at which its productivity is maximised. Pamela Mace says scientists used a mathematical model which combined tagging data collected almost 20 years ago with other information to determine what the population was in the area known as Snapper One. So the information we have includes obviously the commercial catch, estimates of the recreational catch, the tagging information from two different tagging experiments, um, biological information such as the, the growth rates of the fish, how old and how large they are when they mature, what the relationship is between their length and their weight. We get information um, directly from the commercial fishers on their catch per unit of effort, which means how much they catch per per trawl tow or per thousand hook set, that kind of thing, and that, that gives us an idea of trends in abundance. And we've got catch per unit of effort for some other fisheries. We've got length information from both the commercial and the recreational fishery. But those numbers have come under scrutiny by both the commercial and recreational fishing sectors. For recreational fishers, the assessment found the sector had gone over its allowance by 1,350 tonnes. Yeah, hi, I'm Chris Bungard. I uh, run and own and operate a uh, sports shop in Matamata. Um, I'm involved in fishing heavily, both in the retail and the recreational scene. I do a fishing show on the radio. I have done that for about 16 years. So I'm listening and talking to people all the time that are involved in recreational fishing. The quota for recreational was over its allowable limit for the last few years. I mean, surely the interest in the rec side of things is increasing. I would love to know how they measure that. I mean, I'd love for you to tell me or anyone to tell me how they measure that because it's all guesswork. I've they do been... do boat ramp surveys, though. Oh, yes, they do. But, I mean, I've been going in and out of the Bay of Plenty there for nearly 30 years and I've never been pulled up by a ranger, ever. So, and, and I could tell you heaps of boats that are in the same situation and I can tell you heaps of boats that come back to boat ramps at Sulphur Point at Tauranga and that sort of thing with sometimes four people on board and they might have two or three fish between the four of them. 
And I think the ministry has probably got some of their figures from looking at it and thinking, oh yeah, they'll have their nine, they'll have their nine, they'll have their nine, adding it all up and coming up with a figure. I, I don't. I, I would challenge them strongly to say, well, you prove that all those fish are being caught because I don't really believe that they are. Russ Hawkins, who runs a recreational charter boat operation from Tauranga, agrees. You can't say we'll do a survey this weekend. Um, well, you can do a survey, but the survey shows X amount of boats, X amount of fish caught. And then from Monday to Friday, that percentage of people fishing would be well down, maybe 10 5%. Then the weather comes into it, so much, people may not go out for a week. So it's very hard to get a real balance, if you like. Right, their destination on the left... Hello. G'day. My name is Scott McIndoe. I'm a spokesperson for Legacy and I've been co-opted onto the management committee for the New Zealand Sport Fishing Council. Do you think there could be more effort made by the Ministry to understand how much fish the recreational sector is catching? The Ministry have a good idea of our average weight and the average number of fish we catch from their various ramp surveys and diarists. Where they fall short is in how many of us go fishing and how often, often called fisher incidents or prevalence. Our recommendation to the Ministry is keep it simple. Use the census, find out from people, go straight in and say, do you fish? If so, how often? But Pamela Mace says a census isn't needed to get the information. Recreational fishers seem to think that it's it's just guesswork as to um, how much fish that we have estimated that they're taking. But we actually have done some some really excellent work on estimating recreational catch um, recently, in particular um, during the 2011-2012 year, that that summer of 2011-2012. Um, where we used two completely different methods to estimate the recreational catch and came up with very similar estimates. And that's been peer-reviewed by some international experts and they had pretty much only good things to say about what the methodologies that we'd used. On the commercial side, Brian Kitty says there isn't enough information available to assess the Bay of Plenty stock, which is known at times to mingle with fish from the Hauraki Gulf. There is a link where you draw the line and how far the fish migrate south from the Hauraki Gulf, um, but you've also got the Eastern Bay, which is a long, long way from the Hauraki Gulf, Hauraki Gulf, and it's got fish spawning or starting to build up for the spawn now as well as the Hauraki Gulf is getting to that stage where fish are building up for spawning, so it's very hard to turn around and say we're solely a substock. I don't think they actually are saying we solely are, but they're basing our stock assessment on the Hauraki Gulf and it being a substock of that. Phil Ross is a marine ecologist at the University of Waikato and has been studying snapper in various ways and forms since 1999. He says he went to a workshop at the end of last year where it was generally agreed amongst the snapper scientists in attendance there was a lack of data on what the fish population was doing. And so even though snapper is certainly the most studied fish in New Zealand, we've, we found that there were a lot of gaps and a lot of information was needed to, to really um, have, a, have a really solid understanding of what the populations are doing and how the populations will vary in a changing environment and how they'll respond to, to changes in sort of fishing pressure and other, other components of the ecosystem. Phil Ross says there's also a lot of uncertainty about the movement of fish throughout Snapper One. 
I think there are different different groups of fish, and the behaviour is, is fairly complex. There'll be some fish which probably over several years will only move in the sort of range of hundreds of metres, and there'll be other fish which will move potentially hundreds of kilometres. And understanding how those um, different groups of fish are interacting with each other is pretty important. Um, for example, trying to understand whether the fish that are in the in the Hauraki Gulf spawning over summer, whether those are fish that have come from within the Hauraki Gulf to spawn, whether they come from the Bay of Plenty, whether they come from Northland, um, and just trying to understand the proportions of those populations that are moving from region to region. But Pamela Mace says she's confident the stock assessment accurately reflects what's swimming under the sea surface in Snapper One. The stock assessment that we did was a, was a very was a really good one. It basically took a year and a half. Um, we put together a preliminary assessment in uh, 2012, and then spent several more months investigating it from every every direction we possibly could. Um, and getting out the best estimate we could. But obviously, there's always uncertainty in in um, scientific stock assessments, and obviously the better your data is, the less the uncertainty. So I'm, I'm confident that the next assessment we do will be even better. And is that because of the measures that the Minister has provided for with the latest announcement, with the tagging and also the monitoring going on, on vessels and that sort of thing to get an idea as to what's being caught? Yes, that's a big part of it. So with all this information to hand and just two weeks before the start of the new season, the Minister for Primary Industries, Nathan Guy, announced his decision about restrictions on the fishery. He told media gathered at the Ministry's office in Auckland the human population within the Snapper One area is at 2 million and is forecast to rise to 3 million by 2031 and the recreational sector has already been catching more than what the total allowable catch caters for. I have decided, backed with scientific uh, advice, to increase the total allowable catch by 500 tonne. All of this is to be allocated to the recreational sector, and this will still allow the fishery to rebuild. So I'm at the Mount Monganui Sport Fishing Club, surrounded by fishing boffins, or recreational fishing boffins, uh, of the Bay of Plenty fishery, to gauge what their thoughts are on the changes to fishing for snapper uh, in this fishery. With me I've got Jerry. Jerry, what are your thoughts? Well, it still would have been nice to be able to catch nine snapper, but the size limit, that's all right. That you can live with seven? Yeah, we can live with seven. Not a problem with me. I mean, I've had a self-imposed um, size limit of probably of, of an excess of 300 anyway. And no problems yeah. with collecting seven instead of nine? Oh, no, decrease to that. I mean, I'm usually just fishing for myself and some friends. Um, so I actually fish generally. If it's seven, that's more than enough, yeah. I don't agree with it. I, th I think it should have stayed at nine. The, the fishery is scientifically proven to be increasing. The, the volume of fish is definitely increasing, and as long as things were, were to stay as they were, everything was going according to plan. For Haki McRoberts, who is based at Takaha in Eastern Bay of Plenty and is of Tefano Aapanui descent, seven will be reasonable. If me on my own with my family uh, take seven home, I'm going to waste a lot, but 
there's always the thing about Maori fishermen down there. When we fish, when we catch fish, that seven doesn't only feed you. It feeds grandmother, grandfather, your daughter. But, hey, if we're looking for more to build up, then you just give less and less out to them. You know, and I think seven can, can, can still do that. But Scott McIndoe from the New Zealand Sports Fishing Council says he doesn't know whether seven per day is the right number. Is seven good? I don't know. That's the subject of research and consultation. That's called, in simple terms, giving one another respect. In this instance, we've just been dealt to a dictation, you will go to seven at 30. As discussed, leaving 27 centimetres and going to 30 has an unavoidable consequence of sublegal mortality. A significant percentage of the fish we're catching today now have to be returned dead or alive. Is that good? Is that the sort of role model we want to be uh, giving our children? Here's another dead snapper. Let it go. It floats off, belly up. Certainly that's not a behaviour that I endorse. Another fisher, Chris Bungard, says the recreational sector has been made the scapegoat. Most recreational fishermen, their comments and everything, and myself particularly, I think we're, we're not overly happy about it but I think we'll accept it. I think seven snapper each is enough but our main concern and the biggest grumblings is that once again we feel like we've sort of um, been a scapegoat and the commercial sector allowed been allowed to do what they like to a degree. The Minister Nathan Guy said a strong theme in the nearly 48,000 submissions received during the consultation process was a desire to deal with illegal dumping and wastage in the commercial fishery. He outlined a range of initiatives to be implemented during the course of the next two fishing financial years to deal with those issues. I want to see cameras or observers on 25% of the trawl vessel fleet in Snapper 1 by the end of the year, moving to 50% next year and 100% the year after. I want to see the trialling, the use of cameras to record and measure fish return to the sea. Also bringing in mandatory vessel monitoring systems on all commercial fleets by the 1st of October 2014, operating in Snapper 1. This is basically uh, GPS, so we can work out where every vessel is at any different point of the day. Introducing a move-on rule, which is where commercial fishers will move from fishing spots where a significant portion of catch is small juvenile fish. Tim Pankhurst is the Chief Executive Officer of Seafood NZ, which is the umbrella organisation that represents the New Zealand seafood sector. He says the new measures will come at a cost to industry. It's difficult to quantify at this stage, but uh, a cost of around $5 million for the industry. Over the entire period being from now through until the 2015 Yes, that's, that's over the next couple of years. Um, look, that probably doesn't fully reflect the, uh, the cost of um, cameras on board, but um, uh, that's a sort of a ballpark figure. What will that mean then, I guess? Is that going to see some commercial operators exiting the industry because it's just too costly to implement these measures? Look, we hope not, but um, we hope what it will achieve is that we will reduce conflict uh, between the various sectors and we will have, uh, I think, greater reassurance for the public that um, we are doing the right thing out there.
and also a, a much better managed fishery because you know we know exactly what the uh, commercial takers, um, but we don't know what the, uh, the the recreational takers. Brian Kitty says the measures that have been put in place will mean quite an expense. It would be good that doing something like this can see us getting an increase in the future, but our biggest concern is the increase has gone elsewhere at the moment. So um, you know, we support the measures, we want to make the industry look good and tidy it up so there's no issues, no allegations, etc, etc. But it would be good to have a future somewhere we can see a quota increase. Peter Douglas is the chief executive of the Māori Fisheries Trust, Te Ohu Kaimuana, which makes up 40% of commercial fishing and about the same for recreational fishing. He says the measures are all going to be good and useful improvements. It was the process that was disappointing. Well, you know, the thing that uh, disappointed me about this process was that it pitted the um, commercial fishers against the recreational fishers and the recreational against the commercial in such a way that uh, they, they each, each group sort of felt that they needed to um, point out the weaknesses and the arguments made by the other instead of sitting down and trying to work out, well, how do you ensure that there's a plentiful fishery for a growing population that growing population wants to either catch it themselves or, for the majority of them, want to buy um, snappers so that they can eat it. So how do you deal with that demand and um, uh, make sure that you don't end up with a dwindling supply? In an effort to pull all sides together, the minister also announced that a management strategy group is to be put together by the end of the year to develop long-term plans for the fishery. That's as well as a scientific tagging survey estimated to cost $7 million to be funded by both the Crown and industry that's to get underway at the start of next year's snapper season. Pamela Mace says she's excited about the new data that will come from the tagging experiment as well as the improved catch data. But she believes it's most likely extra measures are going to be needed to get the population to its optimum level of 40%. It's a start and it will help and as I say if we have good recruitment coming in it could help a lot but the odds are that more will need to be done. What more needs to be done? Essentially reducing the catch temporarily in order to enable the stock to get back to those optimal levels of about 40% of the unfished level. Would that be closing off areas for fishing for certain periods of the year? There's a lot of mechanisms that you could use. Yes, you, you, you could close areas, you could have closed seasons, closed areas, you could look at size limits, um, you can look at wastage in the fishery. I mean, a lot of that is being looked at as a result of this package that's been put forward. And this management strategy group hopefully will look at all of the options. There are quite a few management options. But the minister is confident the latest changes will allow the snapper population to continue to grow. If we hadn't made these changes now, would the population that's forecast to grow in this particular area, then the stock wouldn't rebuild into a state that we want it to, to be in. And we wouldn't want to be in a situation where we were uh, a few years ago in the blue cod fishery in the Marlborough Sounds, where it had to be closed and then opened up, and I think the current limits are two with, with still some restrictions. Thank you. I'm Lorna Perry and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or send us a tweet at rnz underscore insight. 
I wrote and presented that program. It was produced by Philip Atolli with technical production by Steve Burridge.